Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Can you guys help me with something? Why is it that whenever Rob and I take one day off, we start to get texts and emails? Hey, did you guys get fired? Did you guys quit? No, we did not quit. Yesterday was a comp day. It was a holiday from the company, so we took it. I wanted to work yesterday. I was ready and prepared to work. But if your boss sent you an email and said, you don't got to come in today, you know what I did during the show? I took a nap. I had a nice lunch at Garozo's. I had the shrimp spadini. Oh, it was divine. But we're back. Everything is good. Everything has returned to normal. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. My name is Karen Harrison, still employed by Odyssey. Rob Britton, still employed by Odyssey, at least for the time being. We appreciate your concern yesterday, but I am here to report I am fine. Rob is also fine. We are fine. We have a lot planned over the course of the next four hours. Binkley is going to join us in studio as today is the first day that you can franchise tag one of your players. And the Chiefs have two major candidates. They have cornerback Legereus Need. They also have defensive lineman Chris Jones. Those are the two most likely franchise tag candidates. And like a golden ticket, only one of them can get the franchise tag. We'll talk to Binkley to figure out who can get the franchise tag or who he thinks will from the Kansas City Chiefs. Steve Spagnolo was also on the station earlier today. We'll play the best of that conversation for you coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. We have a lot planned as we now officially are heading into the offseason with the Kansas City Chiefs. We plan to do that in a bit, but first we're going to start with the Kansas City Royals. Is Now we have a date of when the vote is going to be for the downtown stadium and also improvements to Arrowhead Stadium. But before we get to any of that, it returns... Pizza time on the drive is back, Carrington. Dial me up right now. Caller number six, 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York-style pizza, and they have taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. So whether you're hungry and want a full pie or maybe just want some slices to snack on, be sure to visit them now. Pizzatasio.com. Pizza 
tasticcio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you to listen to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. And you know what? I need you to tell two friends because yesterday we were off. We haven't been telling you to tell friends. It's been a lot going on. So if you could tell just two friends to make up for the friends you didn't tell over the last couple of days, I would greatly appreciate it. Very happy to be back. I want to read you a letter from KC Tenets. Now, you guys might remember we had the people from KC Tenets on the show, and we'll play some of that interview for you later on today. But the people of KC Tenets, they have been some of the most active and vocal people about the Royal Stadium moving downtown. They wrote a letter. Now, for full transparency, we reached back out to the people of KC Tenants to have them join the show. You guys know how we get down on this show. We reached out. Rob talked to them today, and they said that they will be on the show Monday, that this week they are going to let their letter speak for themselves. They are not going to do any media, any press, but when they start to lift the ban on press... They will be on the show Monday so we can discuss the letter that they wrote to you, the public of Kansas City. And you know what? I am inclined to read this for you because I think it's important. Quote, we love our city, and because of that love, we refuse to pay for our own displacement as landlords raise rents across the city. And as our people struggle to find decent homes, the proposed downtown stadium would usher in a new wave of gentrification like many products have In other cities, the proposed sales tax to fund the stadium would cost our neighbors $50 million each year for the next 40 years. This is around $167 per household per year, all to pay for a playground for the wealthy and for tourists. Let's stop here. In a lot of things, I am actually on the side of KC tenants. I believe that they are one of the few groups in the city that are actually about it. A lot of these special interest groups talk about it, but we don't really see the action. They don't really be out there like that. The KC tenant people, they have a track record of getting stuff done. I like their energy. A couple of years ago, they disrupted a play at Starlight. They don't care. They are very radical in their belief. And you know what? I'm with it. I support them. Hold on now. Because all I've heard on the text line is, is how much you guys don't want to help pay for the stadium and how you're tired of it. We're talking about $167. Rob, that's what we've been arguing over for the last three, four, five months. Because if there's anybody I know did the work and did the data, it's the people at KC Tenants. We're arguing over $160 a household in Jackson County. That's the debate here. $160. You can't even buy Jordans with $167 in today's time. You can't buy a PlayStation. $167 per household. That's what we're arguing. This is also a problem that I have with this letter from KC Tenants, and I plan on talking to them about it next week. They called Kauffman Stadium a playground for the wealthy and for tourists. Now, I'm not struggling over here, but I certainly would not call myself one of the wealthy. I go to Kauffman Stadium. I imagine many of you go to Kauffman Stadium. Rob, are you a wealthy? I mean, I saw your lunch earlier today. You might be a wealthy, but for the sake of this conversation, you are also not a wealthy. 
You've been to Kauffman Stadium. You are also not a tourist. One of the problems and disconnect that I have with some of the conversation about the downtown stadium is we talk about the Royals and the stadium like it's not a part of our community, and it is. There's a lot of things you can say about the Royals, a lot of things you can say about Kauffman Stadium. I would never argue that they're not part of our community. So when we call the stadium a playground for the wealthy, that's not true. The Royals last year were begging everybody to go to the stadium. They were handing out tickets left and right. $5. Hey, we'll put extra hot dogs on your ticket. We'll give you a drink. We'll please come out to the stadium. That's not what I would consider Kauffman Stadium to be. This is an unfair characterization of what the Royals are and what Kauffman Stadium is and what it means to our community to simply downgrade it to a playground for the wealthy and for its tourists. It also says that this is a regressive tax, a tax on the working class. This tax revenue plus future incentive deal with the city would redirect our money from schools. Other services would be among the largest transfers of public money to private corporations in our region's history. I would like to point out, and I do say this to somebody who plans on voting yes April 2nd. This is a tax that we have already been paying. So I don't really know if it redirects money from our schools or other social services. I guess you could argue that instead of paying for the stadium, we can now pay for these other things in addition to what we are already paying. But it sounds like what we are currently paying is a pretty small amount. $167 per household to the Kansas City Royals. Sounds like a very, very small number to me. And then continues on. John Sherman and the Royals ownership have withheld critical information from the public, waiting until a week before early voting to announce their location. They have made no substantial commitments to the community. KC Tenants has been invited to discuss the project, but we have refused to engage in negotiations while the deals of the while the details of the deals remain inaccessible to the public. Negotiations without transparency are not negotiations at all. They are a sham. Couple of things here. They're kind of right. I do think the Royals have been kind of shady with the information. I do think that the Royals have slow played this thing for much of the process. I still believe that there is a lot of things about the stadium that we don't know. Now, on the other hand, and this is not me defending the Royals, I didn't think that the billion-dollar company that is putting up a billion dollars was just going to give us free reign to their information. So I don't know if it's realistic to go into this thinking that it is a true partnership no matter what they say. I know the Royals went out there yesterday and Rob, we have the audio. We can play it for you. The Royals have told you how this is a partnership and private public and how we're all one big happy family. No, we're not. You guys are in a position of power And we only know what you want us to know about this downtown stadium. So I'm actually with Casey Tenets on this part. I do believe that the Royals have withheld critical information. I do think that they have slow played this thing. I have been critical of the Royals and how they have handled this from the absolute beginning. And I don't think that we are ever going to have this pure negotiation with transparency and the Royals are holding hands with community leaders. If this thing passed, they are coming to take your business. 
If this thing passes in a couple of months, April 2nd, and the people of Jackson County say, yes, we want this stadium downtown, and yes, we want to continue to help sus- uh, subsidize Arrowhead Stadium, I am telling you that if there is a disagreement between you and the Royals, you are not stopping their $2 billion project. They are coming to take your business away from you. It also goes on in the letter to say that the teams who would benefit from this tax may threaten to leave Kansas City and that we must not allow ourselves to be manipulated into a vote against our best interests. Vote for the future of Kansas City and vote for the people who make this place great. Vote no on April 2nd. This is where me and the people of KC tenants are once again on opposite sides. I believe that the Royals make this place great. I know that we like to be disenchanted with how they've played over the last couple of years, and I'm with you in a lot of ways. It's still better to have the Royals than not have them. That's still better than the alternative, right? Having a losing baseball team is better than not having a baseball team. Having the stadium in your county is better than not having it in your county. And the $167 a month is something that I'm willing to pay. In fact, I actually think I'm getting off pretty good in the deal. I don't mind giving them the $167 on average per household. It then goes on to say that KC tenants have a vision for a better Kansas City, one where public resources are used for public goods, such as housing, schools, mental health services, transportation, and more. I am all for all of those things. And in the weeks to come, we will be engaging in a campaign to listen to the people of this city. Please get in touch with KC tenants to join in. We have reached out to the people of KC Tenants, and our plan is to have them on Monday. I wish we could have had them on today, but they respectfully declined on coming on the show. But we can open up the phone lines to this, 913-586-7610. And I understand that not everybody listening is for the downtown stadium. And some of you plan on voting no in April 2nd. You guys know where I am. I plan on voting yes. I'm very much for keeping the stadium in Jackson County. But a couple of my issues with this letter is it doesn't make Kauffman Stadium sound like it is an important part of our community, and it is. And I agree that there are going to be some negatives and some drawbacks to where where they are putting the stadium. But that is one of those trade-offs that I think a lot of people in Jackson County are going to be willing to make, and there are people that are going to be on the other side. But I do think, and I think all people can agree with this, all we ever wanted was the opportunity to put this to a vote and let the people of Jackson County decide. And now the plan is out there. And I expect over the course of the next two months, we will continue to get more and more information that when you go to the ballot, you can make an informed adult decision about what you want to do. That is all I ever wanted. And we are getting closer and closer to that. And we are starting to hear more and more arguments of no. And I'm sure you've seen on social media, Rob. I've seen on social media. The people that are opposed to this have been very, very vocal. And it will be very interesting to see how the Royals, over the course of the next 35, 45 days or so, how they really try to spin this thing and try to get their vision passed. I do want to be clear about this. As much as I want a downtown stadium, this vision is their vision. It is not our vision. I'm fine with it. I am for the downtown stadium. But from the moment John Sherman took over control of the Kansas City Royals, this has been his plan from the beginning. From the first press conference that he had as the owner of the Kansas City Royals, he has told you his vision. It is to build the stadium that they showed us last week. 
That is their vision. A week ago, that is their plan. They finally got it onto the ballot. It'll be very interesting to see how they get this thing passed and what help they get from the Kansas City Chiefs. Because also in this conversation, it is not being it is not being sold as an extension of the tax. It is being sold solely as a downtown stadium. And as we get further and further into the campaign part of this, it is not just saying no to the downtown stadium. I firmly believe that a no vote on April 2nd is you telling the Kansas City Chiefs that they are fine moving to Kansas. And I am not fine with the Kansas City Chiefs moving to Kansas. We can keep this conversation going on the other side. 913-586-7610. Speaking of the Chiefs, DraftKings has put out their odds for where Chris Jones' next team is going to be. I'll tell you the top five next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. We are going through the letter from KC Tenants. We reached out to them to have them come on the show. They said that this week they are doing a media freeze, but on Monday they plan on coming on the show, and I am very excited to talk to the people of KC Tenants. Their letter starts with, we love our city, and because of that love, we refuse to play for our own displacement. As landlords raise rents across the city and as our people struggle to find decent homes, the proposed downtown stadium would usher in a new wave of gentrification like such products have in many other cities. It then says that the proposed sales tax to fund the stadium would cost our neighbors $50 million each year for 40 years. That averages out to $167 per household per year, all to pay for a playground for the wealthy and for tourists. I just strongly push back on the idea that Kauffman Stadium is a playground for the wealthy. A majority of us, I don't want to say all of us, I'm not here to assume, but I would assume many of you listening at one point have been to Kauffman Stadium and that is just not what I would call a playground for the wealthy or for tourists. I would call it a very important fixture in our community. And the tax is to ensure 
that Kauffman Stadium stays in our community. That's how I perceive the tax, but that is how KC tenants see it. I have seen a lot of people come out against it because of the displacement of small businesses down at Crossroads, and I think that is a very, very strong argument. I do think that it is very important to note, at least in this conversation, them, I guess the argument of preserving the Crossroads, Rob, does not seem like that is at the core forefront of this argument. Now, maybe I'm wrong on the footprint of it, but I don't see a lot of homes that would be displaced in them putting the stadium right there. I see a lot of businesses that would be displaced by them moving it, but I don't see that a lot of people are going to have to leave their home based on the footprint of the stadium. Is that how you see the footprint of where the stadium is going to be? Yeah, I've always felt like the footprint of the stadium, at least based on the renderings we got last week, literally at this time last week, always showed that it would be inevitably displacing some businesses, but I never saw any homes, apartments, any sort of housing in that area. Unless there's housing to the north or to the east of the Casey Star building that I'm unaware of, I did not know there would be any displaced housing, but maybe I have the footprint a little bit wrong. Let's go to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Art, you called into the drive. Hey, Art, how you doing today, my man? Good. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I was calling about the stadium, and uh, <clears throat> I'm opposed against it simply because uh, I understand uh, the way they're talking to me. This is a uh, legalized con artist. You know, this uh, John Sherman, he's got the money. He's got the big bucks. Uh, he didn't help me pay for my house, so why should I help him pay for his house, you know? And the thing of it is, uh, I'm 90 years old. I I won't be around when this thing is going on, but it's still... We are taxed to death, believe me, uh, especially the people on fixed income in this community and around the country in general. We are locked in between a rock and a hard spot, and we are paying a price regardless because we are consumers and we have got to foot part of the bill no matter what. But nevertheless, I say for everybody that's for the stadium, wants to vote for it, that's fine. You go ahead and do it. But then again, you pay for it. Don't ask me to pay for it. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Royals, get out of Dodge. That's where I'm coming from. Thank you for taking my call. No problem, Art. I appreciate the phone call, Art. Let's go back to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. TJ, you want to chime in on this? Hey, TJ. Yeah, hey, Carrington. Yeah, you know, I, too, want the Royals, you know, to stay in Kansas City. I want them to be downtown. You know, I'm, I'm a fan. You know, but, you know, I think the problem is, as a Jackson County resident, is, you know, our property taxes have tripled in the last three to to five years. And, and we really have nothing to show for it. And it just se- it seems like the city wants more. And that's you know? a very and, 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 and that's a very fair argument. It, I, let me ask you this. Is, is your op- I guess maybe the opposition to the stadium. Do you oppose to where they're putting it? Because at first, when they first planned this, they were going to put it in East Village, and it wasn't really going to have to really displace anything. It was a lot of open area. I am surprised that they are going with this plan that is in the in in direct. I mean, they're putting it on top of where businesses are. I am surprised that they went with this plan over the original one. You know, I that that's not a concern to me. You know, I mean, I think I think they'll give the people fair market value for their property. I don't think they're really looking to push anybody out. You know, I mean, some people might be opposed to that. You know, but but I think I think in in the end, I think most people will probably be compensated. 
you know, correctly for, for, you know, being displaced or whatever you want to call it, you know, but the big thing is, you know, it's like how much, I know you say it's only $167 a family, but it's like, geez, you know, it's like, you know, how many, you know, our, our property taxes have gone up so high that it's like, what do you, what, what's the city doing with the money if they're not giving it to Jack, the Jackson County, you know, uh, sports authorities, you know, it's like, where, where's our money going? You know, I mean, at some point, you know, I mean, granted, they are building, building a new Buck O'Neill bridge and all that stuff. But I mean, at some point, you know, you, you, you want to, you want to see where your money's going. You want to, you want to return on your, on your investment. And TJ, that's a very fair point. I appreciate the phone call. And I certainly know that the property tax in Jackson County has hurt a lot of people and it has been a tremendous increase on taxes. And that has been a very common argument that I've heard. Hey, you guys have taken all this money. Why is this money also not going towards the stadium? I think that is a very, very fair argument. We actually found some of the audio from the last time that we had Casey Tenets on the show. We had Denise Brown. I believe she is their media contact. That's why I'm hoping that we have on the show next week. She, like many of you, said, I don't want to pay for the stadium. Sherman is a billionaire. But yet, he wants us to fund the stadium for him. That stadium could be done by private donations. And if he's a billionaire, he definitely knows how to work that and do it. If he chose to do it that way. Maybe this is just a part of the argument that I am just resigned to in all of this. And I'm not saying that it is right. In fact, when you think about it morally, it is probably wrong. This is just the cost of having a professional sports team in your city. Like, this is one of the things that you are going to help pay for. That John Sherman is incredibly wealthy. I'm assuming a lot of his peoples are also incredibly wealthy. But if you want to live in a city that has professional sports, part of your taxes is going to help to ensure that that team stays where you live. Now, I know that the Royals are very different than some of the other cities, that if you vote no on these things, like I've seen a lot of people say this. Well, if it votes no, then why won't the Chiefs just do it? This is a very unique argument, I think, when it comes. But, Rob, can you show me the American city over the last 30 years that has received a no vote and things just continue to be status quo? Because I can give you at least 10 examples of what a no vote means. And if you are like Art and you don't care where the Royals play and you don't care if they play in Wyandotte County, you don't care if they play in Nashville or San Antonio, if you are just like, I'm done paying for it, I am not here to change your mind when it comes to that. But if you do want the Royals and you also want the Royals to remain in Jackson County, these are the only options you have, yes or no. I don't think that there is another option where you vote no and then the Royals come back in a year with a new plan. It's like, hey, well, we're going to stay exactly where we are. You guys were right. No, a no vote means that you are fine with them moving somewhere else. Now, I don't think they are moving outside of the Kansas City metro area, but it is you saying that you are fine with it. I also think that is a danger that you run with the Chiefs. I think if the Chiefs Chiefs were 100% independent, I don't know why the Chiefs would be in this. Hey, we're going to break away from the Royals. We're going to let the Royals do their own thing. Our interests are very different than the Royals. The Royals want a completely new stadium aside from the Truman Sports Complex. That is not what we want. The Chiefs have said that on record. We want to keep this here. 
And I also believe that a no vote on this, and I think we'll see the Chiefs continue to push this thing more. I personally believe that a no vote on this is saying that you are also fine with the Chiefs moving to Kansas. That maybe I'm wrong on this. And maybe in six months, the Chiefs will then come back and say, oh, well, we'll let the Royals do their own thing. We'll re-vote, and now you'll vote for us. But I think the conversation that the Chiefs have about moving over to Wyandotte County and moving closer and closer to Kansas Speedway, I think those conversations only intensify if this thing doesn't pass here coming up on April 2nd. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, Rob, let me read to you. Currently on DraftKings, these are the five most likely teams for Chris Jones to play for for this upcoming season. Well, the Chiefs are number one, and they are resounding favorites in this. Minus 350, big favorites for Chris Jones to be on the team next year. Number two on this list, the Chicago Bears at plus 475. So that means for every dollar that you bet, you almost win about $5. The Houston Texans at plus 650 on this list. The Lions at plus 900. The Raiders at plus 2,000. I think that Chris Jones can go play for any team he wants as long as it's not in the division. I think Chiefs fans will understand, hey, you helped us win three rings. You got your money. You got paid. If Chris Jones goes to play for the Raiders, oh, boy, the booze that he will receive when he comes back to Kansas City in eight, nine months will not be friendly at all. Now, you guys know where I sit. I do not think that Chris Jones is going to be on the team next year. I think that Chris Jones is going to play for another team. I actually really like the Houston Texans. I think Houston makes a lot of sense. Quarterback on a rookie contract. You have a defensive-minded head coach. You feel like you have the quarterback in place, so now you maybe have three, four years to take advantage of his rookie contract so you can take on a defensive contract that you were not expecting to take on, and you can go get a difference maker in the uh, on your defensive side. I actually think the Texans make a lot of sense to go out and make a very serious play for Chris Jones. They're also not a team that I think would trade for Chris Jones. I think they got way too much cap space. and They can go in so many different directions. I don't think they're a real tag and trade possibility. Out of this list and this grouping, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Chicago because of the closeness of Ryan Poles. They also have the fifth most cap space to spend. I think Houston, a team on a rookie contract, also makes a lot of sense. So a couple things. One, I want to get ahead of this. If you believe it is Chicago, I want the record to show that does not mean the Chiefs getting are getting a number one or number nine overall pick back. Like, do we agree on that? I, I'm getting ahead of on the text line, Carrington. You know how, I, how the text line is. Did you guys say Chicago? Maybe they'll give us a number one overall pick for Chris Jones. No, I want to get ahead of that as soon as possible. Yeah, no, you're not getting anything from Chicago. So that's first and foremost. Chicago also doesn't have a second round pick. Correct. All they have is they, they have the first pick. They have the ninth pick. Now they could get a second round pick, but I guess in this trade, I don't see them trading Justin Fields for them to use those assets to now go get Chris Jones. I agree. We're on the same page there. I just wanted to get, because you know how the text line is with Marvin Harrison Jr. That's first and foremost. I've actually seen a lot of Brock Bowers conversation now. I've seen a lot of, let's go get our Travis Kelsey replacement. Let's go get Brock Bowers out of Georgia. We have a lot of times between now and April. I'm a big Brock Bowers fan. He's going to go like seventh overall, oh, yeah. though. Man, those odds are overwhelming that Kansas City is the team. Listen, these things are fluid. They fluctuate all the time. Like, at one point, Justin Fields was most likely to end up in Pittsburgh. Now the betting markets say Russell Wilson is most likely to end up in Pittsburgh. The betting markets, when it comes to free agency and trades, is extremely fluid. It's extremely volatile. Those things all need to be said. 
but minus 350, that is overwhelming favorite that he's back with the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe he's back with the Chiefs. I think what he said at the podium, albeit may have come after being overserved, does matter. And the fact that the Chiefs have at every juncture with Chris Jones tried to keep him on the team and they talk about how much they love Chris and all these things matter. The fact they retained their tag rights last Friday matters to me. But I'm surprised someone who puts a little wager down here and there as often as you do is just ignoring the minus 350. That's like Kansas versus Washburn level of odds. That's a huge number. Well, I imagine you put a lot of stock into what Adam Schefter has to say of ESPN. And Adam Schefter made a list yesterday about players who he thinks starting today. So today is the opening of the franchise tag window. You have two weeks. If you want to place a franchise tag on a player that is on your team, you got 14 days to do so. He didn't include Chris Jones on his on his original list, his initial list on players he thought were going to get franchise tag. He didn't have Chris Jones. He then went back and he put, due to his 2023 cap number, Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones' projected franchise tag would be $32 million instead of the regular 19.7, making him an unlikely tag candidate. Now, I don't believe that Adam Schefter just out of nowhere throws that little bit to the, that little tidbit of information unless he has been hearing that from somebody. There is not a single human being who is more plugged into the business side of the National Football League than Adam Schefter. I don't think that he was going purely off opinion. I think he was going off reporting and what he has heard from people in the know that either the Chiefs have made it clear to him that they are not franchising franchise tagging Chris Jones or other teams feel very strongly that Chris Jones is not going to be the franchise tag player. And you and I both know, and this is why I feel so strongly about it. And someone on the text line says, see dot, you're going to have to keep selling me the consumer that Chris Jones is not coming back, especially after he said he's coming back. I feel like somehow, some way he ends up back on the chiefs. He is about to hit free agency in my opinion. And I just don't think if you are the number one free agent on the market, that is not a quarterback. I would probably rank it. I think number one is going to be Kirk Cousins just because of the position he plays. He is a good quarterback who is a unrestricted free agent. Kirk Cousins is going to get a pretty good contract. And I would say number two on that list, I think, is Chris Jones. You've got a 30-year-old defensive lineman who we believe is headed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And now for the first time in his career, he has never had a, a possibility where he could go visit other organizations, could go talk to other organizations, and could now listen and field offers from other organizations. He is going to have that opportunity coming up in about two weeks. I think he takes it. And I think a team is just going to make an offer to Chris Jones that he just can't refuse. That as much as he loves Kansas City and wants to be here, as much as he loves the Chiefs, I think there's just going to be a number that comes in that he just says, all right, man, I'll take it. And if Chris Jones really wanted to play for the Chiefs, I think he could have played for the Chiefs last year. I think he could have done, he could have signed it. They could have had a long-term agreement. Maybe he wouldn't have got everything that he wanted, but he could have got like 92% of what he wanted to stay long-term with the Chiefs, and he didn't do it. So now I personally just find it hard to believe that you go through that entire process. You guys were that far apart that you made a decision that you were going to miss a regular season game 
And now as you sit days away from having the ability to talk to the other 31 teams in the league, you're like, nah, man, I'm good. I want to come back. You've had the chances to come back. So that's why I personally don't believe that Chris Jones is going to be on the team next year. So I know what the Vegas odds say. I'm going to stay in here wagging my finger at the Vegas odds and say, you are wrong on this thing. I do not believe that Chris Jones is going to be on the team next year. Me and you are going to stand in opposition to this. And we'll find out in the next, between now and March 5th, that's the tag window. I also think it's possible. And I, I Adam Schefter is as good as anyone that it's unlikely the chiefs use the tag. It's possible the chiefs could use the tag and extend the negotiation window too. I think you are ignoring that possibility just because a player is tagged does not mean that player is going to play under the tag or go into the league year under the tag. No, true. I think it's very possible the chiefs franchise tag Chris Jones in name far more than game just to extend their negotiating window because they know they're up against it. I'm going to stand in line with Vegas and they didn't build those casinos on the backs of losing. They say Chris Jones is minus 350 to be a chief. I was already feeling that before this has solidified my stance. I think if you have a 95 Jersey and this is just my opinion, I feel pretty safe in saying 95 Chris Jones will be back on the team next to the chiefs, or at least it is Brett Veach preference that he'd be a chief. We can keep this conversation going. 913-586-7610. The text line is pretty split on this. See, it's not Chris Jones you have to worry about. It's his agents and him being their meal ticket. I think we are giving Chris Jones a level of deniability in this whole thing. I think the Chiefs have offered a very fair deal to Chris Jones, and I think Chris Jones is standing pretty firmly on this is my worth. And, Rob, what I would say based on what you're saying is is – the Chiefs cannot be players in free agency under your strategy. If they franchise tag Chris Jones and lock themselves in for the early part of $32 million, there is no waiting to get a deal done until July, and then you can go out there and make a move at linebacker or make a move at offensive line or make a move at wide receiver. Keeping Chris Jones is your move this offseason, and however long it takes you to figure out, it takes you to figure out. I just don't know if they're going to tie up that much cap space and really limit their flexibility as the league year starts to be able to maneuver and do some of the other things that they need to while they try to figure it out for, for Chris Jones. You had an entire year to figure it out with Chris Jones. You didn't figure it out. I think we're going to have a very similar conversation here coming up in 10 days that we had about Orlando Brown. I think we're going to have that same conversation around Chris Jones. Coming up on the other side, there also was a player that has been linked to Kansas City that I think you guys would be really excited about. I'll tell you who it is. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. 
That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I want to play this audio for you guys coming up in a bit. We were talking about Chris Jones. Today is the first day that the franchise tag window is open. So the Chiefs have two weeks to make a decision on Chris Jones, at least in relation to the franchise tag. Now, you can just... You can agree to a deal long-term with Chris Jones, and you can make an announcement. It just doesn't happen until the league year. I think you guys understand what I'm saying, at least when it comes to this. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, I believe that Chris Jones wants to be here. I think that's pretty obvious. Like, I just don't see a guy doubling, tripling down, and then leaving. I at least want to be clear about this one thing, because I understand. It seems like I am on the minority when it comes to Chris Jones. And this is the stance that, Rob, you know, I have had a stance on Chris Jones is not coming back for a year now. I think that we have seen the last of Chris Jones. The Chiefs offered Chris Jones a contract last season. He declined it. They offered him, according to Nate Taylor, they're going to make him the second highest paid defensive tackle in the National Football League behind Aaron Donald. They offered him a two-year fully guaranteed extension. That was $54.5 million, which would pay him an average annual salary of $27.5 million. Chris Jones had a chance to lock himself in with the Kansas City Chiefs. He said no to that deal last year. Now, I don't have a problem with him saying no. I know that we have made his agent seem like they are the worst people in the world. He is worth far more than $27.5 million. And that's why at least for the basis of this conversation, they're about to owe him 32. I don't think that we've seen that the Chiefs want to pay Chris Jones that much money. I also don't think we have evidence to believe that Chris Jones is willing to take that much of a financial hit to continue playing for the Chiefs. You've had the chance to do that already. If you wanted to stay in Kansas City come hell or high water and you just want to play for the Kansas City Chiefs, They were going to make you an incredibly wealthy individual and give you great financial security moving forward. You wanted that third-year guaranteed money. The Chiefs were very unwilling to do that. I would say that the Chiefs have really shown you no reason to think that they value Chris Jones the way that the rest of the league values Chris Jones or close to the contract that he wants. And if we are staring down the barrel of, you offered me 27, I'm worth 32, and I could potentially hit the market and get 33 or more, he is going to have to make one of the biggest financial sacrifices we've seen for a team. That's a pretty big difference in contract for a team. If they offered you 27, you can go get 33, 34, maybe 35 on the market and tie Nick Bosa for a deal, and you're willing to take a $27, $28 million deal. There is nobody that wants to play with Patrick Mahomes more than Chris Jones in that scenario. And maybe this year, this playoff run, 
He has had an epiphany. His eyes are open. He's like, man, you know, I really love Kansas City. I want to continue to play for Kansas City. So you know what? To hell with that money. That's just not how football players think, man. That's not how people who are on the verge of cashing out in a way that he is on the verge of doing. I just don't think they do that. So it is certainly possible that coming up in 10 days, we will have open phone lines and you guys can make fun of me for how strong I am on this opinion. I do not think that Chris Jones is on the team next season. I think he is going to be a free agent. And I think that we are going to see a deal on day one of free agency, whether it be from the Chicago Bears, whether it's from the Houston Texans, whether it's from one of these teams. I think we will all say, oh, I get it. I get it. You signed four years, $115 million. I get why you didn't take the two for 54 that the Chiefs offers you last season. You have more money, more guarantees, and more financial security in this new contract. It makes sense why you took that deal. Coming up at the top of the hour, I got a little bit of an issue with the Kansas City Star. I'll tell you what that issue is here coming up in just a bit. I want to play for you what Jeff Darlington had to say of ESPN. Listen to the name he threw out for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get to Mike Evans, though. though. This is the most interesting one to me of all, perhaps of the offseason in general. If the Bucs can't lock him up and he does commit to going elsewhere, the Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely be per- pursuing Mike Evans. To me, we should not forget. I understand the dynasty that is the Chiefs. I talked about how they can morph into many different things. But we should not forget the middle of the season. We should not forget the league-leading number of drops that the Chiefs face. I don't know that it is sustainable to do what they did in this postseason. They've got to go get weapons. And Mike Evans should be absolutely at the top of their list. He would be a game-changer for Patrick Mahomes. Now, Rob, you know that I've had my opinions about Mike Evans, and it's not that I'm down on – I'm not down on Mike Evans. You guys just have him in the Hall of Fame, and I don't have him in the Hall of Fame. I've never denied that Mike Evans is a very talented wide receiver, a very, very good wide receiver. This is a fantastic move if it happens, and Mike Evans is near the top of my list. If they're going to be in the veteran wide receiver market, which I think they will be, Like right now, Rob, if you were asking me early, early before we get to the combine, this is like the real first day of the offseason. I think the Chiefs take a decent swing in free agency and they go get a Calvin Ridley type. They go get a Mike Evans. So you spend a little bit of money in free agency. And I think they address the offensive line, whether it's at left tackle, whether it's preparing for, hey, we're not going to have Creed Humphrey maybe moving forward. We're not going to have Trey Smith. I think now I think they're probably going to go offensive line in round one of the NFL draft. Mike Evans is a Mike Evans is a really, really good, a really, really good option to go out there in free agency and spend a little money on. You probably get Mike Evans for around what Odell was. Do they want to spend that much money on a veteran wide receiver? I mean, if I'm if I'm Mike Evans and I saw what Odell Beckham just got in free agency, he signed a $15 million deal. I mean, two for 30, maybe two for 32. Odell got around 13 guaranteed. I mean, it was basically a fully guaranteed deal. I think it's, I think that's what Mike Evans is worth. I think he's worth a two year 16 per kind of contract. 
I'm not against spending a little bit of money to going out there and get Mike Evans and having a real down the field threat that this organization hasn't had in the last couple of seasons since losing Tyree kill. I'm for them going out to go get Mike Evans. I'm absolutely for it. hundred percent. Listen, what Jeff Darlington said in the middle there is kind of how I feel. I was on this Patrick Mahomes is so great. He doesn't need wide receivers. He'll keep doing it by himself bandwagon. I felt that way for a while, but the middle of this season, I turned. And even though they won the Super Bowl and they were incredible in the postseason, I think what happened in the middle of the season still matters, and we still need to look at it as a data point. They led the NFL in drops. They had a problem all season at wide receiver. The text line can be all unicorns and rainbows today because they had a Super Bowl championship parade. But at the end of the day, in October, they had issues. So I then pivoted to, hey, Mahomes cannot continue to do more with less forever. So my offseason plan is very simple. Sign Mike Evans, draft A.D. Mitchell, keep having parades. Because Rice, Mitchell, and Evans is as good a 1-2-3 in the NFL as you will find. So I am admitting I was wrong in the past. I was fine with the MVS Justin Watson plan because Tyree Kill was too expensive. I've pivoted off that. It's time to pay money for some wide receivers. Draft A.D. Mitchell out of Texas in the first round. Sign Mike Evans. Keep having parades. That is going to be my slogan into the offseason. Mitchell Evans parades 2024. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, he's had 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. How can you say that he's not a Hall of Famer? I really think I, I will make this list on the other side. I will use wide receivers that have played during the same era of Mike Evans. I'm not sure if he is a top 10 receiver of his own generation. Where are you at, Rob? Just right now, just off the top of your head. I'll make this list during the commercial break, and we can end this Mike Evans. Is he a top 10 receiver in his own era? Can you define his era? Because he's in the same era as Justin Jefferson? Because their ages are significantly different. Mike Evans played you, college. You tell me how you want me to do it. Hold on. Let me let me pull up right here. I think Mike Evans was drafted in 08, but let me be 100% Mike Evans certain. was on that, what, 2000? He's on that Johnny Manziel team, which would have been Way later 10, than that. My bad. 2014. I was way off on Mike Evans. That's my bad. 2014. You tell me what era, You tell me what time frame you want me to start. 14 to 20. That's 14 to 20. Guys that. We're playing. So we're not. So, so Justin Jefferson doesn't count. No. Jamar Chase doesn't count. Not uh-uh. his generation. That's the ne- that's the next wave. All right. So I have I have six drafts. Six I have drafts. fourteen to twenty. Fourteen to twenty. All right. I'll do that on the other side. I'll come up with my top ten, and we'll see if Mike Evans is the top ten of his own. Even though he is in the same NFL that Justin Jefferson is, you know what? I won't even include him. We'll do that on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix. And Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.